First I was afraid, I was petrified To make an offer on that house after seeing the inside But then I did it anyway Because Justin told me to And now I feel empowered Because I know what I can do And now I'm in the club I'm in the I made an offer club I've still got a long road ahead and a whole lot to learn, but at least I'm in the offer club. You can join the offer club if you make an offer too. And then someday you might be able to take that trip to Peru and see Machu Picchu. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. House flipping, house flipping HQ. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Now let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, what's going on, my fellow and future house flippers? Hope you are having a great day. Other than the fact that I almost ate a cricket this morning, I am feeling pretty darn good myself. So a couple quick announcements before we dive into our flip tip and continue with the second part of our amazing episode with Michael Quarles. Sometimes I get uh, emails from y'all asking when my next speaking event is. So just want to let everybody know that I have one coming up. This next Wednesday, February the 12th at 7 o'clock, I will be speaking at the Orange County Real Estate Forum in Irvine, uh, Orange County, California. And you can go to ocreforum.com and check out those details. Um, Yeah, should be a a good time. So come on by, say hi, uh, happy to answer any questions you have. Then the following day will be our next webinar on Thursday the 13th. So you can go to housewhippinghq.com slash webinar to register for that and hop on in there. And I will also be happy to answer any questions you have live. And now it's time for your flip tip, flip tip, flip tip. So today's flip tip is entitled, don't be a yeah butter. Yeah, that's right. A yeah butter. So what exactly is a yeah butter, you might ask yourself? Well, let me try to explain. Six months after going to my first real estate investing seminar, I went to my second one with the same mentor, but this time I had little experience under my belt. I had just closed my first deal and had several more in the pipeline. So I was asked to be on a panel after, uh, and after being on the panel, I had several people come up to me afterwards and I was amazed at what I saw. That's right. It was the first time I was introduced to the Yeah Butters. I had someone come up to me and say, well, that's great that that's working for you, but I can't do it here where I live because there aren't enough foreclosures. And then someone else would come up and say, you know, I can't do this where I live because there are too many foreclosures. Then someone else would come up to me and say, I can't do this where I live because there's too many other investors and there's too much competition. And then someone else would come up to me and say, this won't work for me because 
I don't have any other investors in my area to network with and sell properties to. Then just as I was trying to get this whole thing figured out, my head was spinning. I had two people almost back to back come up to me. One was from New York. And he said, you know, I live in New York, but I know California is the place to invest. And that was his problem. He thought he couldn't invest because he didn't live in California. That was a place to invest. And then I had someone come up to me just minutes later who was from California and said he knew New York was a place to invest. And only if the opportunities that were in New York existed in California, he would be good to go. I was shocked. My jaw dropped. I couldn't believe it. And the one thing that all of these people had in common, that no matter what I said to try to convince them that they could do it, they could make it happen where they lived, they would all start the next sentence by saying, yeah, but, and you can fill in the blank. It didn't matter. There's just so many excuses. It's almost like after a while I stopped, listening to what came after yeah but because it was all the same since then i've come to realize there's two different types of people there are those who will figure out how to make it work and there are those that no matter what will find a way to not make it work a couple years later i was talking to my good friend ryan scala about this phenomenon and told him about my experience at this seminar and he's like oh you mean the yeah butters. And thus, the yeah butters were born. And I've been using that phrase ever since. Don't be a yeah butter. Find a way to make things work for you. And now we will finish up the second part of our incredible interview with the marketing man, Michael Quarles. Don't forget that at the very end, he gives a free giveaway. And it's a pretty darn generous one to boot. Michael Quarles, take it away. Okay, so are you getting these? How would someone find these lists? Their title company, list source, I think you... List source is a CoreLogic company, Okay. which is the first American title. And so, like if you're a realtor or broker, you know that your sales rep from your escrow company is coming around and saying, hey, we can get you lists and we can do this and we can do that for you and all that good stuff. The issue with the list that escrow companies or title companies can get you for free is they don't have the algorithm models attached to them. And RESPA, which has been around forever, Real Estate Procedure Settlement Act, I think is that, that's what it is, yeah, um, right. <laughs> have come down on the escrow title companies and said, hey, wait a second, you're selling these algorithm lists to people. You cannot give them away to real estate agents to induce them to use your service, which induces their client who doesn't know you're giving them this fringe benefit to lead them in your direction. So the list you get from your title company, because it doesn't have the algorithm models on it, doesn't have the equity-based model on it. And without the equity-based model, you're just you're shooting in the dark with your marketing. You don't know if the product or the property actually does have equity. Well, yeah, you could say, well, I want something that hasn't had a loan on it for you know 15 years, or I want something you know that another characteristic that may qualify for an equity-based. I have found, you know, spending the money and either going to list source or using our service is better than the list that the title companies will get. And I used to do a lot of title company lists until I realized that I could get an algorithm model and it, it performs better. So if I'm going to yeah. send out a piece of mail, no matter what it costs me, 
I want the likelihood of success to be as great as possible. Yeah. And um, yep. the algorithm lets do that. And so, yeah, that's the that's who we send it to. Okay. And we're not we're colorblind, we're area blind, we're we're all, we're just buying houses, and yeah. we're not buying houses. You know, yeah, I've bought a house I would live in, but I bought a lot of houses I would never live in. Yeah. So, you know, our personal, you know, we expect other people to do should not fit into to um our buying pattern. For sure, and I'm, I'm the same way. I'll buy you know, just about anywhere. And, you know, one of the things that I tell people all the time is don't judge. When you knock on that door and step back three feet, look up the street so they can get a good look at you and be comfortable with you, and they open the door and you say, first thing you say, thank you for inviting me up inside your house today. And you look inside that house and there's cockroaches crawling over babies. Don't judge because you're there to buy a house. And, you know, the only time that, you know, and I have called Child Protective Services when I thought that there's danger inside the house. But, you know, who am I to say that how those people are living in some of the houses that we walk into, my goodness, this is bad. I mean, I'm, I'm just there to buy a house. Yeah. So. You need to, and I, you know, you distracted me with the cockroaches and baby thing. I don't know what I would do in that situation. But, but you know, back in the day when I was doing short sales, I would have, you know, people tell me about how they lost their job, their wife, and their house all in the same month. And I could have either focused on that and let that got me really down, or I could say, well, I'm sorry to hear about that. Let me see if I can help you with the house, you know, and, yeah, and I, that's all I can do. So, you know, when I bought a house where there was a double homicide in it Jeez. and, you know, on TV, you know, they, because you can't smell your TV kind of thing. Yeah. They, they act the smell for you like it really smells. Well, it really smells. I was wow. surprised. Crazy. And it was sad that two people were murdered in this house and left there for a week and the body blew up and blew off all over the walls and it was pretty disgusting. And, but you, you have to look past that. You have to look past all of that because what we are in the business of is buying and selling housing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the best house I bought, you know, the one I was the most proud to buy was, uh, from a lady who was large enough that she couldn't get off the couch. And, um, Normally, I would ask the seller to show me the house so because there's a whole presentation and looking at the house. But this was one of those times that she couldn't do it, physically could not do it. And so as I was walking through the house, it was a three-bedroom, two-bath. Her bedroom was not the master, and the master had an interior deadbolt on it. That's always a sign of something negative going on in the house. Yeah. So I came back out, and I said, what's the deadbolt all about? And she started crying. She says, well, that's the reason I'm selling my house. I said, well, let's What's going on? And he goes, well, my son lives with me, and he beats me up, and he won't move out. And the only way I know to get rid of the situation is to sell the house, and he doesn't know. So will you buy the house with my son living in it and take care of it after you own it? And I said, absolutely. And um, bought her house. She was so happy that someone helped her with her problem, and her problem was being abused by her son. So what did you do with the son? I, we evicted him to, you know, unlawful detainer and got him out of the house. He was pissed, but you know what? He was beating his mom up, he, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, I would not feel bad at all. I, yeah. I wish there was something more you could have done. <laughs> and so, um, you know, we went on our way. We flipped it, and, you know, I think we made 73000 on the house. And it cost her 73000 It was worth $73,000 for her son to be out of her life. And that's, you know, it's a horrible thought, but... I was glad. I'm glad I was there to help her. Yeah. No one else was helping her. Yeah. And um, so, 
but we do all kinds of things. I mean, we help a, a lot of people, but again, don't judge, because you you know investors will see all kinds of things. And by gosh, if they if investors are are buying these things and going to rehab them and resell them at the ARV, don't redo to the house what you think the house should have. Redo the, to the house what the buyers think the house should have. And I've seen investors go out and buy a house that needs remodeled or rehabbed, and they've replaced windows and doors. You know, they have six-panel doors in with dual-glazed or dual-panel windows, and they took comp roof off and put tile up there, and they've spent all their money on a house that they would live in that doesn't match the street at all. No. And so, you know. So focus on the area, what the buyers in the yeah. area are buying, what their, those houses look like. Interview the last three solds in the area that are like type construction. Say, hey, what'd you buy? Well, this is what it looks like. Did you do anything else? No. And if it has Formica countertops, don't put tile countertops in. If it has single pane windows, don't put dual, you know, pane windows in. If it, you know, got a dirt driveway, well, the neighbors me out there say that a dirt driveway is okay. And we've got to understand that because our, we're in the business of making money buying and selling houses. If you want a charity and if you want to help someone, you know, donate to um, some of the humanity things and, and help that way, but don't over overbuild, over rehab a house. Yeah, I like it's expensive. I do like what you mentioned about charity. I found a long time ago if you try to make I'm all about charity, but if you try to make your business your charity, you very quickly will not have a business at all. Right. And then you can't right. do charity anytime. <laughs> so um you know, I've walked into, you know, the grocery store on Thanksgiving and bought everybody groceries. I've That's bought awesome. cars for people, I've, you know, lunches and food and trips and all kinds of nice things for people because they needed it. And I was, and I did it because I'm a real estate investor. So, But it's important it. to separate the two, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Michael, okay, so let's kind of go back a little bit more. I know people on the call are just dying to know. So you get all these people to call. What do you do when they call? Well, the model that I'm using today, um, and, and it's it's different than it was before, but and partly because I've gotten older and lazier and, and that kind of thing and smarter. <laughs> nice. um, so it's real simple. I send someone a yellow letter, a zip letter, a postcard, or a greeting card, something that causes them to say, I'm going to call Mike. So they call, a live person answers the phone and asks them five questions. Based upon the answers to those five questions, and I get emailed the, the responses, based upon the answers to the five questions, I know if I'm going to make a, a, a contract out. In today's model, I require the seller to make me an offer, which may be different than a lot of people. So let's, I'll role play the questions with you. Yeah, let's do it. I'd love that. Mike, so let's assume that you're, ring, you're calling me, so my phone's ringing, ring, 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 and I answer the phone. I, oh, this is Michael. How can I help? And you say that. Well, I have a house to sell. And I, and so I'm calling about a yellow letter. So the first question I have for you is, do you have a house to sell? So what would your answer be? Um, yes. You do? Terrific. Yes. Is it currently listed with a real estate professional? Uh, no. No? Outstanding. When would you like to um, have the house sold? Um, as soon as I can. Be great. As soon as you could? Yeah. Whoops. And when would that be? Um... Well, I'd like to find someone to buy it right away. I can't move out right away, but you know we are looking to move within the next, you know, few weeks or so. Next few weeks or so. Yeah. Terrific. And um, 
you've probably done some research on what your the house values are in your neighborhood. What do you think your house is worth in today's marketplace? Um, probably around. You know, my neighbor sold their house for a couple hundred thousand, so it's probably right around there. Your neighbor sold the house for a couple hundred thousand. It's it's probably right around there. Yeah. Really. And um, last question: What were you hoping to sell your house for? That's less than the couple hundred thousand. Um, well, I, I don't know. I was hoping we can get close to about what they got for it for their house. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you correctly. What did you say? I was hoping we can get about what they got for their house. I think you know. I was thinking yeah. they sold it for two hundred. Maybe we could get two hundred as well. Interesting. Well, I appreciate you calling, and um, if things change and and um, you'd like to sell your house, please give me a call back. Well, I'd like to sell it. Yeah, you know, and what I have found, because I'm a real estate investor, I can't buy houses at what other people, the retail market, uh, one of the nice things about when I agree to buy your house, I pay cash, so uh-huh. you don't have any of the, the stress about, well, will the buyer qualify, will the house qualify, we buy my is, we pay all the costs, so there's not any of those commission fees or any escrow or title costs. Or The only thing I'm going to ask you to do is um, give me a fair price okay. that causes me to say yes. Okay. So I don't and have to worry about commissions or all those other costs that you're talking about that my neighbor probably had to pay for? Yeah. I, I need you to do is give me a fair price, the lowest price that you're willing to sell your house for. Okay. We we could and probably do like probably like one fifty, hundred and fifty thousand. You could probably do one fifty thousand? You could I mean you could give us an offer. That's probably Yeah. I just wanted I, to get an I idea could, of what you think you could pay I, for it. I could the reality is, is you know your situation in your home much better than I will ever know it. Uh-huh. And you know the amount of money that you'll take and what you believe is fair and reasonable. And I don't. I mean, that's why I'm asking you to ask to tell me the value and what you're wanting for the house. Can you see yourself doing any better than that 150? I'd have to talk to my wife, and we could probably go a little bit lower. You could probably go a little bit lower. Yeah. How probably. much? How much lower could you go? Probably about twenty thousand dollars, but I'd have to. Talk to her. I mean, you can buy it pretty quickly, right? I think you said you're, oh, you're a cash buyer. As fast as escrow can close. So I've closed in you know in a day, and I you know sometimes it takes ten days. It just really depends on on how fast we can get the paperwork. And I can meet you down at escrow. I'm not sure I can do it at the value you're wanting me to. Is that the? Can you see yourself doing any better than that? I think we'd need at least 120. Would be our very lowest. 120 would be your very very lowest. Yeah, and that's. I mean. We don't have to worry about, you know, I've got some a leak that needs to be taken care of. And there's, I think you mentioned as is, I've got some, a few things that I just don't have time to really deal with. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's do this. Um, I'm going to grab your address of the property and uh, a phone number to call you back at. Do some due diligence real quick to see if, in fact, what the houses and housing in the neighborhood is going for. And then um, I will call you back. If I have um, good news, I'll tell you I have good news. We'll go down to escrow and I'll write a check out and we'll buy your house. If I have bad news, I'll tell you I have bad news and, and I won't go down to escrow and buy your house. Um, but I need you to do me a favor. You promise me you'll do me a favor? Uh, sure, sure, as long as it's nothing too crazy. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's not. Okay. I need you not to be on the phone over the next 10 minutes so I don't get a busy signal when I call back. Okay. And while you're not on the phone, if you could be finding any mortgage payment papers or deeds that you might have on the house that would help okay but i'll call you back in about 10 minutes okay sounds like a plan so i'll, I'll grab your information okay Talk to you soon. by the way um 
for all the people listening on it, they listen to this thing. There was, I um, reinforced, I repeated, I paced, I um, closed three, is that the best you can do? Can you see yourself doing any better? Is that the lowest you'll go? So you intentionally um, did three. Is that kind of the... I did. Oh, right. that's interesting. Because yeah, you, I mean, you had yeah. me, even though it was a not a real call, I was getting like, oh, uh, um, let me, can I? <laughs> and I did take away. I absolutely took, you know, I was, you had to give me the number. Yeah. And boy, it sets your... It sets us free. Yeah. When we're not emotionally attached to them selling their house. For sure. It sets us free. So if we let them say, you know, here I am, you know, on my Mercedes, my license plate says for cash. And I, and I just believe that. And so if someone wants my cash, they have to make me an offer that's causing me to give them my cash. I don't disguise it any other way. Yeah. So I get them to make me an offer. Sometimes they say, no, we're wanting two hundred thousand for the two hundred thousand dollar house. And I said, "Well, fantastic! Call me back if that any of that changes." Yeah. Because I, you know, I can't lose what I don't have. Uh-huh. So I didn't have it in the first place. They don't want to give it to me. I'm not going to get all frustrated and try to do busy work to see if I can put a deal together. Uh-huh. And so I'm going to go buy their house at fifty percent on the dollar and yeah, put it on so- the market. Now, if I do my due diligence and I see that the house is only worth one sixty, I'm going to call the person back and say. You know, I, I've done some due diligence. I told you I'd call you back with either good news or bad news. I think I have bad news. Uh-huh. Um, at this point, the house is not worth what you thought it was, and I don't see any supporting comps in the neighborhood that says anything different. Um, if you'll do me a favor, that would be great. Can you do me another favor? This is not painful at all. You say yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> I say, when you think it's worth more, when it goes up in value, will you call me back? Because I will absolutely give you money for it. I like that. But right at the moment, I can't. Yeah. Unless you're willing to take less than, I think, what were we at, 110? Well, I said 120, but... Well, that was a tight number even if it was worth 200. Unless we're, you know, you can see yourself doing something lower than that, so... Hey, Michael, how uh, about any 120 houses you get that don't work, just call me. Okay. <laughs> Not buy them. <laughs> Pay you a fee. <laughs> well, and, you know... So I would buy that house all day long. <laughs> <laughs> right. And a lot of people ask me, well, don't you throw away a lot of deals? Absolutely. Yeah. But I want the deal, and that's why my model's changed. I want the deal, and they're there, that knocks on my door and says, I know you're going to only give me 50 cents on the dollar, but I really need that 50 cents. Yeah. My situation says, that 50 cents does everything for me. Well, what? A- because if you knew, for a sec, as an, as an example, that you knew the winning lottery number numbers, and that lottery was going to give you a two million dollars, but you didn't have any money to buy a ticket. How much is it worth to give me of the winnings so I could buy your ticket? How much would you be willing to spend? Well, they know something that they need to do with their money. Uh-huh. They, there's a value greater than what we place their money. They're placing a greater value. Yeah. And you know whatever it is. And most people would say to me. Well, if I knew the winning lottery number tickets, but I could, I mean, with numbers, but I couldn't buy the ticket and I was going to win $2 million, I'd give you half. Yeah. Because it seems like a fair exchange. Uh-huh. You can't have it unless I help. For sure. And I can't have it unless you help. Yeah, no, that's for so, absolutely sure. But, and to yeah. that point, what I found in my business is anytime in my company, we have certain margins that we'll buy on. And anytime I say, okay, our maximum allowable offer, we're going to, make the margins smaller. What happens is 
my goal, that's my maximum offer. What I find is the people that work for me end up buying houses. All of them end up being at the maximum allowable offer. (laughs) It's like, whoa, hold on. What changed here? You know? And then when I change those margins, we still buy houses at the bigger margin. So, And it's because people, we don't want to be called salesmen. And I hate saying it, but if you're in business for yourself, doing anything, you're a salesperson. Oh, for sure. If nothing else, you sold it to yourself. And so they're just not selling. Yeah. They're not asking the right questions. It's very, very difficult to look someone in the eye and ask them, is that the least you'll take? Can you see yourself doing better? Yeah. Um, that's the lowest you'll go. You mean after all of this, we're not going to do a deal because you can't see yourself selling it for less? Uh-huh. I mean, there's a, it's hard for people to have what they think is confrontation. It's not. No. It's negotiation. Yeah. And um, sometimes you just have to get up and go and yeah. always give a takeaway. You know, the, one of the last things I say to someone who doesn't accept my offer is, I just want you to know this. What's that? I've promised today to give you $100,000 for your home. I'm going to be leaving you today, and I'm going to go buy me or have the opportunity to buy another house. If those folks say, Mike, I want your $100,000, I'm going to be giving them your $100,000, and I won't be able to buy your house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because when I make a commitment to someone, I follow through. So if... Yeah. Um, yeah, and I also if, like. If I leave, I may not be able to buy your house. I also so like it. Take be- away. Right from the beginning, you asked me, "Do you have a house you want to sell?" And, I mean, you were. Oh, that was within. Has to be the first question because you know what people call us and actually say, "No, no, I was just interested in what you, you know, sent me." And well, I, great, but my job is to buy houses, so I have to go on to the next person because the phone's going to be busy enough. And then the second question is: Is is it listed as a real estate professional? I am not afraid of anybody talking to a real estate professional to list a house for sale because they're going to do my work for me. And if they're not my candidate, they're a real estate agent's candidate. So my candidate, a real estate agent, typically won't work for because there's something about the situation that a real estate professional doesn't want to get in the middle of. I mean, I bought a porn house. I mean, every room had cameras in it. Well, you know, a real estate agent's not going to show that house. Yeah. So. You know, bought a house, made some money on it, and solved the problem, made people happy. So I'm not afraid, so I, but I have to ask them if there's one involved because I'm not going to step over a contract. It's not fair. You know, there's enough opportunity out there to not have to have these sellers go around the contracts they made. Besides that, if, if they entered a contract with a realtor to list their house for sale, what makes me be- and then they want to get out of that illegally, what makes them me believe that they'll not try to get out of mine? Yeah. Why do you want to get involved with someone that's that deceitful? So, And then the third question, the reason I asked when you said right away, is I need to know a time frame. It has to be 30 days or less. When, how soon would you like to see your house sold? Soon, I don't know what soon means. It's uh-huh. like saying, well, I like brown. I have no idea what color brown is. Yeah. So I have to say, well, how soon is soon? Real and quick. Well, how quick is really quick? Like tomorrow. Oh, okay. Now I know you're serious about selling a house. Because if you say, well, if I could have it sold in the next six months, well, you're not serious about selling a house. Yeah, the motivation isn't strong enough. Right. Okay, so, and then I, yeah, go ahead. So th- that's then three I, questions. Know, then they, the fourth question is they have to know what the value of their house is. I cannot be the bearer of bad news. Because you know, they may think in their back of their mind they're too afraid to tell me. They may be thinking it's worth what it used to be worth before the, the bust. Well, I need to have had them go, you know, the first thing people that are serious about selling a house do is they drive their neighborhoods, they call the people that have for sale signs, 
They pull flyers out of flyer boxes. They read the newspaper for houses that are for sale. They pull a realtor magazine from the 7-Eleven, look in that. They have a general idea. They may have not gone through a CMA with a realtor, but they have a general idea. And I need to know that they know what that general idea is. If they don't know it, then I invite them to go find it out and call me back. Go to some open houses. Again, because I'm not afraid of what I don't have. If they know what they want for it, I always ask them how much less than what they want for it will they take. If, if, because like that, yeah. we we have to tell them that we're not going to give them what it's worth. Yeah. Um, Let them so, know that right up front that you need yeah, a discount it, to make money, basically. I'm in the house buying business. Yeah. And, um, you know, most of the time people will say, well, you're the professional. What do you think it's worth? I never give a price. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And if you set up those rules for yourself, then sure, you might lose one or two deals, but overall, you're probably going to have more success and higher profits overall. You know, the idea of sharpening your pencil lead to find a deal is crazy. You know, the deals will find us if we do the right kind of marketing. And people say, I can't believe anybody would sell a house for 50% on the dollar. They do all the time. Yeah. And they have different reasons. You know, the guy that sold me his house and he had a nicer two-story house. And, you know, there was, you look at it, there was really no reason for him to sell except he had to go in for back surgery the next week. And his doctor said, there's no way you're ever going to climb that flight of stairs. He goes, Crazy. well, I have to get rid of my two-story house fast. Yeah. yeah. In less yeah. than a week, he had his cash. Yeah, and that was definitely worth it to him. Okay, so you do the initial call. If you call the guy back and there's enough there, then do you set an appointment? I set an appointment. I want to look at the house. Okay. Because I'm going to try to get another price reduction. I don't look... So in- you just try to come up with a number at the beginning that seems like they're somewhat motivated, somewhat right. reasonable. Okay. It has to be close enough to my number then. In the old days, I would go out to a house that if it was worth 200000 and they wanted 200000 I'd go out because I can get someone 30% off the top pretty um, effectively. Okay. Um, but today, I'm at that 50% number, so they have to be below the value. And so, um, I think I'm I'll trying to have this house. mindset shift in my brain because I'm not even, uh, I'm willing to pay so much more than you are. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, every time you say that, I'm like translating in my head, okay, well, I would do this. <laughs> so, well, you know, I've, I've had wholesalers, you know, they called me up and we do a lot of work for mailing for wholesalers and they go, I ask them, how much are you making on each deal? They go, well, we're making 25 to $5,000 a deal. And I said, well, what if you made $75,000 a deal? What would you do? Well, I'd be happy. Well, why don't you have that mind frame and go, yeah, I'm not going to do 10 deals that give me 25000 to 50000 I'm going to do one deal that gives me seventy-five. Mm-hmm. And when someone learns it's possible, because that's what, you know, no one believes it's possible. When, some, when they realize it's possible, they go, oh, wait a second, I even did it. I said that thing, and they said yes, and 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 then when they realized what well, I didn't even make an offer, the seller just gave, they they said they yeah, wanted it, and it was the crazy. Yeah. Then they realized they can do it again and again and again, and they just want to do it again. Okay. But it's a paradigm shift. And yeah, yeah. Okay. So meeting with the seller. So you. I go out to the seller's house. I don't look at the house. I'm I'm just all I'm there for is um, to get a contract signed, and um, okay. I know that I know what the house is going to cost someone to rehab. Yeah. I'm not worried about any of that kind of stuff. I don't walk the house anymore. Yeah. Um, the last house I bought, I didn't even walk in the front door. 
Yeah. We walked. They were sitting out in their lawn chairs, and I walked up and I said, "It's not safe to be inside, is it?" And they go, "No." <laughs> and you know, we stood out there and talked, and you know, yeah. you know, and that's how it is. And give them the advantage of why they should make you the offer they should make, and then um, fall forward. So you take the contract with you. How does that conversation go? You show up to the house. What's your goal, and how do you go? What steps do you go about in getting that contract signed? Well, you know, now keep in mind, I know I'm going to get a contract signed or I'm not there. Okay. So, and I just bought a, brought an agreement. It's fairly long. It's 10 pages, but please understand, I buy houses from a lot of different people. You, I mean, I've, I've bought them from judges, yeah. and I've bought them from people they put in jail, and yeah. everybody in between. So there's a little paragraph for everybody. So we're going to go through it. And can I see a copy of your driver's license? Because I want to make sure that they are who they are. And um, write their name correctly. And go through each page and talk about sub two and seller financing and as is and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And, and it's 10 pages long. And get them to sign it. And then I say, you know, tomorrow uh, we need to be down at the escrow company so we can um, open up escrow. I'm going to give them my deposit check. And I also bring your driver's license with you because we'll do a notary on a um, memorandum of contract. And um, seven days later, as soon as escrow can get this thing closed, um, you'll have your cash. What are you guys going to do with your cash? Always leave it with why they're selling. What are you going to do with it? Get them to taste it. Start really getting excited like this is done. It's kind of I call it my pizza syndrome. If you call a pizza company and they never show up, like 30 minutes later, they Domino's didn't show up. You're going to call someone else. Well, sellers are the same way. If they're if we're out there and we're not giving them the opportunity to feel like they don't have to call anybody else, they're going to call somebody else. Yeah. So I give them the feel the, the feeling like yeah, it's done. Yeah. They give they're starting to talk about what the, how they're going to spend the money. Yeah. Besides that, there's a lot of money to be found when you ask someone what they're going to do with the money. So here's the seller. You're going to give them a hundred grand for their house. Well, I'm just going to put it in the bank. I just don't want the house anymore. Really? Can I make it more advantageous than putting it in the bank? Because you know what the bank does with your money, don't you? Mm-hmm. No, what does the bank do? And so I explain how the banking system works. And I offer to give them more interest rate than the banking system will. And more times than not, by the time escrow's done, I have now chunks of money to use and buy another but other houses. Nice. It's so always so got you're talking house. about using seller financing. Correct. Right. What do you usually well, try to pay have... with seller financing? Two to three percent. Wow. Mike, I'm gonna come up there and hang out with you sometime. <laughs> well, they're only gonna get one in the Bank of America. Yeah. If that. Okay. So yeah. Or like half, I'm gonna triple or... their return. Oh my goodness. How good would that be? And they already know the asset that they're going to be investing it in is worthy because they owned it. Yeah. So and you know what? Most of the time, they don't want to be paid off when you flip the house. So in my contract, I call for exchangeable collateral. So they'd rather have the payment than the hundred thousand, which is fine for me. I'll just put their note on another house. Wow! And then you, so then you have two to three percent money. <laughs> you know, we're, we should never do something that's immoral or unethical or illegal. Yeah. And kind of in that order, just because it's legal doesn't make it the thing we should do. Yeah. But th- at the end of the day. Yeah, make friends, make people happy. Yeah, no, they are better off. And I like, I do like the paradigm shift, even though 
my numbers might be different. Maybe I need to start thinking about paying people four or five, at least go to that level first and <laughs> getting well, slightly larger we, margins. <laughs> I think the reason we set numbers higher than we should uh-huh. is because we don't believe it's possible. And secondly, we wouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, just because I wouldn't loan my money at 2% doesn't yeah. mean someone else won't. Yeah. I shouldn't put my rules onto them. Maybe their rules are different. Yeah. No, it's true. I remember a couple of years ago, you know, when I had purchased in that year 40 houses and I was, it was the year I bought 60 houses, which was the most I had purchased in a year up to that time. I mentioned that I thought next year I could buy a hundred and I had a friend who's just like, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, really? Like, why can't I do that? You know, it got me so fired up. <laughs> so yeah. I bought 120 the next year, you know, but, and now my mind is just, I don't want to get too crazy. On, but I just have a really high, uh, I don't know, my, my mind, my paradigm shift is just like, why can't I do five times that or more, you know, eventually? So anyway, right. it's pretty interesting. And, and you can because, let's face it, you know, the largest investor pool that's out there are called builders. And, you know, a builder will sit out there and they'll, they'll do a thousand houses a year, you know, buy a thousand pieces of property and resell it. Um, so all we're doing is buying something that's already built. So... Yeah, it's should be able to do more. <laughs> yeah, and you know we'll have people along the way get mad at us, and we'll you know tell us that we're bad people because we're making so much money, and and that's when I look at them and I said, yeah, but I don't know the last person that you know did what I did from a charity perspective, and um, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we've covered a lot. Is there anything you can think of? that stands out that, that you'd like to touch on before we wrap it up here? I know we have a little something yeah. special we wanted to uh, announce. Get to that at the end. Um, getting back to just being a real estate investor. You know, I always harp on setting goals. You know, there's six areas to set goals in, in life, and one of them is financial. And none of your goals that you have can conflict with another goal. So, you know, you can't set a goal that I want to, you know, want to be with my family, you know, more and work less and then have a goal that I want to work more and be less with my family. Yeah. And that, you know, they'll conflict and they won't be that obvious, but they will. So set it, you know, write them down. I, I like telling people my goals. I like saying, hey, this is what I want to do and have them help me hold myself accountable. Not that they'll help me do it, but just because I told someone will help me do it. And um, only tell people that you honor, you know, just because, yeah. you, you know, don't tell, don't tell a stranger. It doesn't make any sense then. So set goals. And then affirmations. My goodness, we are beat up so much in life by all kinds of things that we have to believe that we're worthy and worthy of prosperity. If you don't, if people don't know what an affirmation is and then don't understand prosperity, find out. I mean, look, you know, Google it. What is an affirmation? Little things like, I mean, I, people that I helped who didn't believe that they were worthy enough to make $50,000 on a real estate transaction. They just didn't think that their person was worthy enough. Well, if you don't, you won't. And so those are the two basics. No matter what else you do, if you don't plan to succeed and then believe that you're worthy to, for success, none of the other things you do will make a difference, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's That's really great. Um, well, Michael, you have just uh, unloaded a ton of content. I know we kept you quite a while, so I appreciate you taking all this time. 
Now, a couple of days ago when I called you just to talk about the interview for a minute um, and make sure, you know, you kind of knew how we wanted to go, which, by the way, you were very easy <laughs> to talk to. And ask me anything you want. No problem. Sounds good. So I asked you, I said, hey, Michael, I have this idea of having a, a little competition. And do you think that maybe there was a way we could contribute what did I say? I said like 50 or a hundred dollars towards somebody to be able to do marketing, you know, yep. and your response, well, go ahead. Well, it falls back to prosperity, you know, and, and let me tell you what I think prosperity is Okay. for me. And then that may help people understand if I go out to dinner or go out to lunch or something, you know, there's always that, how much do you leave as a tip, you know, and there's rules like 15% or this or okay. that or whatever. Well, I never leave a tip for my waiter hmm. or my waitress. I leave a tip for me. And what I mean by that is it's the act of giving that it's giving me back. Mm -hmm. So I set an amount and I will never tip less than this amount. And it will always be more than most people will ever tip. And yeah, I could save a lot of money if I didn't tip that amount. Yeah. But I'm doing it for me. Yeah. It's forcing me into prosperity. So I do that with a lot of things. I mean, so when you ask me that, and I say, well, let's do this. Let's have the people that listen to this. Let's give them a week, maybe 10 days or something. I don't know. We'll and do, let's we'll have them. two weeks just because it's, some people listen to it later on. So a couple of weeks. And let's have them write in, email, however you want to accept it, and say, this is why I became a real estate investor or want to. And this is my calling kind of thing. Why you, and the person with, and I don't want, you know, carry stories. I just want to, I, you know, I want to help somebody that needs help. And, um, I don't know, thousand yellow letters That's to the awesome. person that, um, has the best response. That's and there's incredible. no bad ones, but yeah. there's going to be a best one. Yeah. Kind of cool thing. Let yeah. me help someone jumpstart their career. And, um, yeah, when you said a thousand, I was like, uh, "Did I hear you correctly?" <laughs> so that's that's just super generous, and it will really help someone, like you said, jumpstart their career. So, and you know, it, gosh, wouldn't it be nice to to have someone go from "I don't believe it's possible" or "No one's ever given me the opportunity to, to succeed" to you kind of have to give yourself the opportunity to succeed uh -huh. to, to go to "Wow, man, this is cool." Yeah. And um, fall forward. Yeah, that's really cool. So, go everyone, go to the comment section or underneath the show notes for this episode, uh, which can be found at househookinghq.com slash, I'm trying to remember what episode this is going to be. But anyway, at the very end of this call, just here in a minute, during the outro, I will, I'll mention the exact episode and you'll know what episode it is. So, um, go there and just like Michael said, just leave, kind of let us know a little bit about yourself and why um, you would love to win the thousand yellow letters. And then, Michael, you also mentioned something else that you'd be willing to do for each person who who leaves a comment. Yeah, and um, kind of a crazy thing. But, you know, I have like these printers that are worth more than most Lamborghinis are. Crazy. <laughs> and they make really cool business cards. And so for anybody that leaves a halfway decent message, you know, jump on my site, design yourself some business cards, use whatever templates we have there or, or design one of your own. And I'll do some business cards for everybody for free. And because um, here's the thing about a business card, they don't do any good in a box. 
But I guarantee if you took 10 a day and you gave them to strangers, and those are people that you don't know, and then if you gave some of them to people that you do know, you'll be buying houses. And so force yourself into success. If I can help you do that by giving it to you, I would appreciate that immensely. Be helping me with my prosperity for myself. So I think that's kind of cool. Very cool. I love, we share a lot of, you know, I always talk about abundance, which is the same as prosperity, what you're talking about. Right, right. You know, the more I teach people exactly what I do in my business, the more houses I buy, the more investors I get. And it gives me opportunities to grow, you know, my now educational business and, and do it in an honest, like you said, ethical way, which is a huge win-win for everybody. It's just a great way of, way of thinking. And I could tell you embrace that fully. So that's very, very cool. Yep. There's, um, really there's only one way to do it, which is the right way. And, um, you know, of course, my attorney says it. No, you had to do it the legal way. And well, <laughs> legal sometimes is not the right way. So yeah, it's the safe way possibly, but it's not the right way. So yeah. But anyway, thousand letters to the person who wants it the worst. I mean, taste this thing, man. It. I love the smell of money. It smells terrible. <laughs> and you know, it's a fight. It's a journey. It's fun. It's rewarding. It's like the biggest rush. Yeah. You know, they they talk about the second wind or the runner's mile, you know, when they the endorphins kick in. Boy, those endorphins kick in when you get that fat check and you know that you did it. Yeah, it is a rush. It's like a game. But all right, Mike, where can people get in touch with you if they're interested in uh Um our website's yellowletters.com and um my email address is Michael at yellowletters.com. So yeah. Okay, very cool. Shoot me a line, say hello. And if you and, get in uh, touch with Michael, use his services. You know, mention that you heard him on the House Flipping HQ podcast. I do not get paid anything. I don't get any free advertising or anything like that. It's just kind of a way that, you know, helps me kind of thank Michael for coming on and, and his generosity. So I enjoy the opportunity. Sorry, it was long-winded. Talked about, talked about everything. No, it's great. We actually divide these up into two episodes, especially the longer ones. So this will be perfect. So okay. um, they'll be coming out shortly. So. Michael, I can't thank you enough, and we will definitely be in touch. You talked about a lot of things that I need to talk to my assistant about and make sure we are doing with you guys. So <laughs> you'll be hearing from us. Okay, thank you. All right, talk bye to bye. you soon. Okay, bye. You know, the more I do these interviews, the more I continue to be blown away at the generosity of so many people out there in this world and what they're willing to give and share. and you know, even Michael being willing to give those thousand yellow letters. I asked him, Hey, do you think we could, you know, give away like $50 of marketing? He's like, Oh, how about a thousand yellow letters and uh, free business cards to whoever wants them? I was just like, Whoa. <laughs> anyway, so once again, go to houseflippinghq.com slash episode 27 and leave a comment of why you think that you deserve the thousand free yellow letters. You know, we'd, we'd like to hear from you anyway. And Michael will go in and he will pick one person who he thinks deserves the letters. Now, I'm sure there's many of you out there who deserve it, but you know we can only pick one person, but it'll still be a fun opportunity. So go ahead and do that. And then whoever leaves a comment, he will also uh, give you some free business cards. So that will be pretty cool. So we're going to go ahead and give you about 10 days from the time of this recording. Um, so hopefully you're not listening to this 10 days after we're recording it. Okay. So I just checked my calendar to make this official and we will go ahead and give you until Tuesday, February 18th, at which time we will look at all the responses and pick 
a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Other than that, if you have any questions at all for myself or Michael uh, regarding anything we talked about, also put it in there and we will be happy to get back to you on that as well. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another incredible episode. Thank you for listening once again. Uh, If you have not yet had the chance to go to housewhippinghq.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter, we will uh, send you updates on all the latest content we're producing and anything else exciting going on so you can get the most up-to-date information. Uh, I think there's like something free on the site. You can get like six uh, documents that I use in my business and stuff like that. So click on that, send us your email, and we will send you those updates as well as all that incredible information. It's kind of like a 50 pages of uh, great content that you can keep. So anyway, housewhippinghq.com. Sign up there. If you have any questions, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And we will see y'all on the flip side. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your your ultimate house flipping resource. For intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.